That's a turkey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, we're getting our, our fowl confused. <laughs> it does sound like a turkey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef program from the creators of Read It and Weep. I'm Alex in Los Angeles with Megan. Hey, buddy. Hello. Also, we are joined in Northern California by Just Ezra and Scoob. Rutro. Oh. <laughs> um, this is a recent Scoob that the kids are watching, or are you watching the 2020 Scoob? Scoob yeah, uh, mm. available for, for streaming on HBO Max. Uh, mm. I saw <laughs> it important. once. It's fine. You could do worse. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Uh, but it's looking after the kids, and Sarah is um, uh, has taken the week off to spend more time with the family. Uh, well, um, no, I think away not. from the family. Okay, <laughs> she's she's gone. Ezra, uh, Ezra's alone. Sarah yeah. left. I, I think I think it's, it's the right call. I think she's taking more time to spend um, taking the week to spend time with like Carl Sagan. I think. Oh yeah. Um, Didn't and, he and the cosmos. So die? watch out, yeah, Ezra. Carl's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Carl's oh, waiting in the wings. Also joining us in Brooklyn, New York, it's Chris and Tanya. Hey, hey. guys. Hello. And um, wrapping up the panel this week, uh, we actually were so invested in doing a good job of this season <laughs> that we sent our intrepid reporters, <laughs> Sarah and Kyle, we sent them up to the Seattle area to report on the ground for season 10. Yeah. How's uh, Olive Garden in North Dakota? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's it. I honestly, I wish I, I've been to an Olive Garden once in my life. <laughs> oh, oh, we really? should all talk about Olive Garden. Mm. Yeah, we yeah. should. We, we'll get to was that. Was that for I that like, big birthday party? It was. <laughs> Sarah um, went to a friend's birthday party and took a stretch limo from Chicago to like the suburbs of Chicago just to go to an Olive Garden. Oh, that's great! Wow, <laughs> it was a great birthday. I mean, that was a great idea for a birthday. That sounds fun. Uh, so you guys are are hanging out in the burbs right now, enjoying the lovely Pacific Northwest. Yes, True. beautiful Lake Sammamish. Mm-hmm. Oh, wild wonderful. boar, Dungeness crab. So much wild <laughs> yeah. boar here. Nope. Getting some already been to Canlis like three, five times. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, we have so we're talking about season ten, episode six, in our Top Chef Seattle rewatch. Um, before we talk about the episode, though, I wanted to uh, tell you guys real quick. Um, I got a call this week from one of the producers of Top Chef Amateurs, what, which is coming out, um, and uh, they wanted to just chat about their upcoming show that they're very excited about and tell us absolutely no secrets. So it was a little bit of a disappointment <gasps> that way. Um, so it's wild so- that they called. Uh, yeah, they wanted. Well, How they thought that our listeners would be interested in uh, applying. So the applications are open right now to apply. So Top Chef Amateurs, um, all that we know is that it is am- amateur based. Um, we might in our heads imagine Master Chef. We might. Um, that's not something we that. Might. That, if you're uh, thinking about stuff, could, think yeah, about MasterChef if you want. You can think about um, the Great British Bake Off, but basically they're just looking for um, casting um, talented home cooks. So um, you could be trained, certainly don't have to, just not working professionally is the most important thing, and passion. Those are the things they care about the most. If you're excited. Wow. I feel about- like they could go back through the people they cast on Top Chef in seasons one through ten who were immediately <laughs> the- taken <laughs> off the show. All the people who didn't make it onto the primary show. That's funny. Yeah. Also, um, it feels like yeah. this is kind of a, a, a bit of a naming issue, right? It's like this is like like Monday Night Football on Thursday night. This is It really should be called like not Top Chef anymore. It's Bottom Chef, no? Or like middle <laughs> chef? I do not think it's bottom chef either. Oh. So 
It's like dinner party strong. The yeah, show. I think that is yeah, that's I think they want to get the brand in there, but yeah, it's it's top uh, top cook. I mean, chef just means boss, right? Should so, be like top chef. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to apply to top chef, just kidding, or bottom <laughs> chef. If any of our listeners feel like they are actually on that level, like I I feel like there are, there are people that are like, you know, extremely serious about cooking despite not wanting to work in a professional, professional kitchen or attend culinary school. Like those people are absolutely out there. Oh, for sure. I certainly don't have the confidence or, you know, self-esteem to put myself in that arena. On TV. Oh, and I'm also not a TV face. So there's, there are a lot of reasons this won't be for me, but I do think, you know, getting it out to the tens of people that listen to us. Is, I, you know, something we can do. I am a TV face, but I don't do reality. So mm. it's not an option for wow, me. That's so um, interesting. Mm. <laughs> Never play yourself, you know? <laughs> uh, we have a link to apply in the show notes. So um, you can start your, that's, your that's journey. That's very cool. Yeah. 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 And lovely to have been thought of. Yeah, yeah. Why I put and that tense in that way, it was I the, don't know. It's a, uh, <laughs> he was a casting producer, and so he very quickly figured out that all I wanted was secrets and that he does not have them. <laughs> so it was like... I mean, how could they be secrets if it doesn't exist yet, right? Doesn't the thing have to exist well, to get... He, well, sometimes when you're casting a show, you know who's hosting it or what the format yeah, of the show that's is. That's my and question. They, yeah, they do not... Not not just that, uh, that the producer could not tell me. He does not know, and... <laughs> He went to read. He, I, he, I convinced him to go ask for literally any morsel he could give us and get back to us. So if I find out more, I will let you know. But yeah, so far I know nothing about the casting or the the process, the show, like when it's airing. I know nothing about it except that they are working on it and they want chefs who are, or cooks, dinner party strong, f- friendly faces who are interested to apply. I'm genuinely curious who is the right host for something like this. Yeah. I I, I have to think I mean, Nilu's angling for it. Oh, Nilu, that answer. is so smart. Yes. Yeah, that's a good answer. She's I was so say, mean in her criticism. <laughs> I was going to say Curtis Stone is their like go-to oh, spin-off Curtis host. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he do so the Top of Kids? I yeah, I think he did. So, well, yeah, yeah he definitely, he's definitely done some stuff. So I'm wondering, like, who's the spin-off of Curtis Stone then, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the Curtis Pebble? <laughs> wow. Um, wow, the winner of Top Chef Junior got 50 grand. That's so much for a child. Uh, I, mean, um, I mean, that's almost a year of college that? after taxes, maybe, well, if you play true. your cards right. Also, from a parent's side investment, that is not even breaking even for that year. So, <laughs> Well, but I don't think... I hope you don't get it. I think it has to go into a, a trust... Um, so, so Curtis Stone hosted duels and he was the head judge of junior, but the host of junior was Vanessa Lockie. Hmm. I never actually watched it. Oh, Didn't yeah. even... the, uh, Thank you. Yes. The Doritos girl. Does she, the Doritos, she really Doritos well, no, isn't it wasn't like her thing? Let me tell you, I, I'm here for some Doritos. <laughs> you know, anytime you've been to 7 Eleven buying some Doritos, you see someone eating them, that's her. That's, her. that's Vanessa that's Lachey. Yeah. No, I Easy think that presents. Was her, her like other prominent gig was like being a, an attractive lady in a Doritos commercial. That I was think. like her breakthrough uh, thing. It was like uh, uh, Doritos 3D. Oh. Oh, I'm like paying four dollars extra for my Doritos. I mean, also she's she's one of the two hosts of Love Is Blind, the show that really didn't need hosts at all. Yeah, they were barely hosts. Her and her husband Nick. 
Yeah. I'm probably wrong then. Who is uh, there? Who's is the a, Doritos girl? Yeah, we're, we're gonna, gonna look out. this up. Sorry, we gotta pause the podcast to find out the. Real <laughs> In fact, Allie, 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 Allie Landry. Allie, Allie Landry. Landry. Allie Landry. Honestly, I feel like though that I was yeah, I can see why. For whatever reason, I'm compositing them in my head, and I'm like, this makes sense. I understand the confusion. I just this okay, beautiful ladies. You know, I just want to say neither of these people look like they eat a lot of Doritos. Well, that's part of the well. You know, I mean, if just I understand, like Paris Hilton that, never actually trick. Ate a Carl's Junior burger. You know, Padma never. Well, uh, Padma probably ate it, but she probably doesn't eat it very often. Well, no, it's because right. it's different. They're different from Lay's, so you, you totally can eat just one, and you're good, right? Oh. That's, enough, that's enough Dorito. <laughs> Oh, one You're Dorito. so dimensional, you know? <laughs> Once you Dorito, you can stop. <laughs> you can always go back. You um, can get off the Dorito at any time. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about Top Chef Season 10. <laughs> Much <laughs> like oh. Top Chef Season is about Seattle, this podcast is about Top Chef. <laughs> I love and support our audience so much. Thank you for continuing to listen to yeah, the show. Yeah, we really appreciate you being here. So this is um, uh, episode six, which is uh, called Even the Famous Go Home, which is not a really interesting response to anything. No one claimed that they don't. Uh, I, but I, I was on that. I was on that. You, know, once you, you, thought, you never go home again once you get famous. Once you're uh, famous? Yeah, I think oh, absolutely. You're banned. They change the locks on the town. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that, but um, Top Chef does. So, uh, But before we get to the elimination where that is relevant, first, before we visit the Chihuly Glass Garden, we have to take a visit to the Olive Garden. The challenge this week is for guest judge Marilyn Hagerty, who you may remember um, is a food writer for the Grand Forks Herald in North Dakota, mm-hmm. uh, who wrote a, a review of the Olive Garden that finally came to, to Grand Forks that went uh, viral um, because of its glowing recommendation, essentially. Um, although I remember shortly when, when I don't remember when we learned this, but at some point we saw an interview with her where she said the the secret is I hated it. <gasps> what? What? <laughs> she said you, she said yeah. I hated it. No, not that exactly. But what she said was you can tell if you read the review. All she talks about is the decor. She doesn't describe the, the food oh, at all. The ambient, the, the which food, is her. She's sort of dunking on the food by. It's her passive aggressive. Exactly. Sort of. It was that's like a Midwest. That's some North Dakota nice right there. Exactly. It's her, nice to it's her North Dakota nice was that she was uh, secretly telling everybody that the food is not good. And everyone who read it knew immediately she didn't like the food because she talked so much about the fireplace. Oh, so the man, internet man. also like misremembered. Oh, wow. To be. To be that inoffensive in your criticism that you get like a book deal for being nice you get so vi- you go viral for being the lover of olive garden and then to be in this position where you're like not setting the record straight you're just like <laughs> yeah, i guess i did love the olive garden i mean um, i remember reading this at the time did. and i didn't i'm sorry sorry what was that oh i just said she never said she did even when she was introduced she didn't claim to yeah she did olive. not mention she's not she's not the spokesperson of olive garden now that's no, not no, what no, she got but Certainly the buzz around this, and I read the review at the time, certainly seemed very complimentary of Olive Garden and very, you know, sort of like wowed by the Hospitaliano that was there. <laughs> that was very, I don't know, it's like, oh, we've never seen a, something this fancy before. And, you know, she introduced herself as like a, an, a reviewer of everyday normal restaurants and in small town North Dakota that probably means one thing that the more fine dining big city crowd is not used to and it was sort of some both some refreshing perspective but also some alarming perspective on what was good and it helps you understand the city of Seattle better (laughs) yeah Yeah, give me a lot of perspective on Seattle for sure it's Um, the same latitude 
That's true. It's the same latitude. That's a very good point. I thought you were going to be like, it's the same latitude that we grant to writers of blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I was <laughs> waiting for the rest like, of the thing. Ready for this. No, no, I think it, Top Chef literally said, like, well, it's parallel to Seattle on a globe. So it seems like a fair. It technically counts. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. It's also Seattle in the same way that Tacoma is Seattle, you know? Yes. The If you go back and read the review, um, I believe it was, yeah, the review starts with her, like, saying that she stopped by on the way home from Bridge. Okay. Oh, no, that was the follow-up. She did a follow-up review of it, like, 10 years later, where she was like, I was coming home from Bridge at my friend Janet's house, and this is what I... Anyway, she is very charming. Um, but the, if you reread the review, which I just threw in the notes, and I'll put up on the... Uh, although you only get one, by the way. The Grand Forks Herald's uh, paywall is very strict. So if you read <laughs> the follow-up review first, you cannot read the new review without... Or the old review without subscribing. Wow. So make sure you only click on this one. But anyway, this follow-up the review, review is very recent, actually. It's like this year. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, in the follow-up... Choose your Haggerty carefully. And in the follow-up review, she notes that the uh, calorie count on the um, fettuccine Alfredo has gone up significantly from her first review. But anyway, she she just talks so much about the like that all the wait staff works at the local university and the fireplace is warm. But the only thing she says about the food itself was that uh, she passed on the lemonade upsell and that the fettuccine Alfredo was warm on a cold day. Like that's literally the only thing about the food. So. It is not a compliment review that everybody just mistook because of our sort of coastal elitism, perhaps. Um, did she try the breadsticks? She did. actually, another fun thing is she really likes black olives. So in the original review, she was like, this, the, the classic salad comes with plenty of olives. And in the follow-up review, she was like, only two olives in my salad bowl. So I had mm. to request more. How dare they? She requested more <laughs> olives? Yes. Oh my gosh. Hey, it's uh, the Olive Garden. You do. It is sort of that's fair. That's a good oh, point. Wow. Yeah. I had not even considered like, will I feel to... as though I am in a garden of olives? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, um, also, it sounds like there's some, um, you guys were not super thrilled to see uh, Marilyn, but I will just say, compared to like Logan Paul, this is a yeah. better viral no, she's moment. Charming. She's just, yes. it's like, what does she have to do with, with anything else going on this season? I guess it was Nothing. because she was going viral at the time. Yeah. yeah. yeah around that. But it was, it was very much, this was grab bag. This was grab bag quick fire, right? Because like yeah. there's her, yeah, yes. she had nothing to do with Seattle. Um, and the challenge has nothing to do with her. We got that. We got Truvia and we got just a single knife, right? Yeah. yeah there were is, yeah. entirely too many challenges in this yes. quick fire. 100%. Yeah. This was one of the, well, and especially after coming off last week where the quick fire was like seven challenges, they, they're like, this is clearly whoever's doing the challenge design in season 10, which I probably should have looked up, um, is like, the theory of more is more. Yeah. So um, for her, you are baking, you're making a sweet and savory holiday dish. So already that's like two things. And then or, it reflects your cultural heritage three. And you have to use Truvia baking blend sugar, which robot Padma from the future raves is delicious with fewer calories than sugar. And that's four. And then you also own, there's only one knife and Lizzie has it. So it's like, <laughs> yes, there's so much challenge going on way over the top. Also, trivia is just like, what a, what an awful setup for a challenge of all the fake food. It doesn't items, taste the, like sugar. Uh, Their marketing uh, is a lie. It doesn't taste bad, but if you go in expecting sugar, you will be surprised. If yeah. you just want really intense sweetness to add to your, um, 
your ham bread pudding. No. I know. I don't know. Ham bread pudding sounded great to me. <laughs> this is the thing I love about about skipping eight years in the future is that we get to you know see that Marilyn Haggerty is more culturally relevant uh, eight years in the future than than Truvia is, which I think is for sure. It feels right. You oh, know, do, I does Truvia still exist? Right. So that's is it still being marketed? I'm sure, but I don't know. Oh, okay. I, 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 you, I've it's thought not, more, it's I've not part of the cultural about, conversation. Guess, yeah, I've thought more about Marilyn and, and Olive Garden than I have about Truvia. So oh, Truvia is a Coca Cola product. Um, right? Which should come as a surprise to exactly no one. Yeah, well, I guess it, well, it makes it makes it makes sense. And like Coca Cola has people all over the world tasting every single thing they can ever find to see if it's as good as sugar. Um, but anyway, well, my, my favorite thing about Marilyn was that she liked everything she ate here. Yes, on the on this weirdo well, quick fire, she did not know what to make of Micah's taco <laughs> for one good reason. It was one taco girl. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I did an ab- abrupt reversal because initially when they were setting her up, it was like, oh, like, you know, the the zero respect we pay to old people in this society magnified because here's uh-huh. this little bitty from Nowheresville and we're just going to show her all this city food or whatever. But she also said, like, I've, you know, I have this book deal. I've been able to eat at all of these like extremely like fancy restaurants like i've done all yeah. this stuff so i was sort of like well are you sure she's never had a tamale yes yes Turns out, <laughs> girlfriend has never had a tamale yeah I, she did exactly yeah. the same thing tanya <laughs> and i was like i've seen this before and it fooled me again <laughs> <laughs> it does seem like yeah. e- even without that by 2012 she should have seen a tamale right I mean, I feel like well, where, where, what should mean in Grand Forks, North Dakota, you know, I, I mean, Grand Forks, it just seems like there's probably Mexican food there. Well, well, uh, I'll, I'll say this. Tamales are like probably like my fifth favorite, like Mexican food. And so like it really, I have to go fairly frequently to get down to that list. Right. Like it's going to be like tacos, right. burritos, like fajitas, tortas, like tamales are like further down. Like. I can very yeah. easily not that really there. well, really fast. I, I, I didn't even have to I've ask you more... for the top four. No, no. <laughs> As would you say you've had more tlayudas than you have tamales? I would not say that. Maybe more sopes. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I do think there is. I mean, it also I, I silly me forgetting that fancy food has an extreme colonial lens, and that like that usually means French or like New American. And so like True. that doesn't mean that you've eaten a lot of types of food. It means that you've eaten small food. <laughs> In really say, nice rooms, though. Yeah. In response to in response to Ezra's list of five things, I will say tamales is definitely in my top two foods that are yelled about from the street. Ooh, yes. wow! I would, What's right? the other one? Um, beans. I was going to think of another here. one if you didn't. If you didn't rush me, I was going to think of a second one to <laughs> pull that list out. But you asked too fast. Oh, um, salt peanuts. If you're oh, like yeah, in the forties, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. sure. Get your salty peanuts. All, all, all salt peanuts, ballpark salt food. Peanuts. Yeah, extra, extra. Man eats peanuts. There's, the, I mean, we've never actually gotten tamales from the tamale guy, but there's just a guy who wanders around and everybody yelling tamale. It sounds super fun. Tamales can... and papes. <laughs> uh, where's your tamale guy from, Alex? Is that a LA tamale guy or Portland? No, LA. Yeah, yeah. In our current neighborhood. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, There's a very famous uh, Chicago tamale guy who would go out to bars at like 1 a.m. and oh, smart. rake it in. He made bank. Yeah. He's the best businessman I've ever seen. <laughs> in, in portland there's a uh tam- there was a tamale sales person who sat outside of trader joe's that we never actually partook of because she did not have vegetarian options 
but um i i really like the local tamale anyway i just feel like tamales have been around since 2012 anyway marilyn's never heard of them but she does call them a taco which is oh, untrue well, yeah it's untrue Tech- but well, well we were wondering ezra if yeah, you know, maybe she subscribes to your theory of uh, uh, of classification of food. Well, yes, yeah, so she'd be it, she'd be wrong though, right? Because like, but it, 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 she should call it a dumpling. It should be a pizza. I thought the yeah, <laughs> tamales are wrapped all the way around, right? Well, yeah, tamales are. Yeah. One, I thought, that, but you open the top of it, which you don't do with a dumpling. So when you open the top, now it's a taco. No, You're not bro. eating the dough wrapper. The tamale, yes, exactly. it, the the wrapper of the tamale is the masa, not the banana or corn husk. Yeah. Oh, so this is a multi-wrapped. It's, yeah, a, it's, yeah, a, it's dumpling. a dumpling. We're and dumpling. confusing the packaging. <laughs> so it's a dumpling packaging in a, around a dumpling. dumpling, a corn yeah. dumpling. Okay, so good point. So they're more of a dumpling than a taco. So she's wrong on all fronts. And again, a taco is a pizza. Yes. You- <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad oh, it's catching boy. on. Sorry, um, we gotta remember I, we we came up with very quick classifications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One side it's a pizza, two sides it's a sandwich, three sides it's a dumpling. Um, three all D, sides. you might say. Yes, <laughs> the four D uh, Dorito, famous dumpling of the snack industry. Um, I I I feel like though it's different. I always I always think the quick fires are different than eliminations. Where like the stupider quick fires are okay. Like she's obviously not a fair judge for Micah. But the second she left, those chefs must have had a hearty laugh at her calling it a taco, right? They had a good time. Sure. They weren't like really fuming because it did not actually matter. Yeah, even Sweetbrook, you know, might have laughed a bit. Also, it might have been dry for a tamale. So her yeah. reasoning might have been right. But I guess it's these- just rare that you're like, I loved how dry this food item was. Like, totally. Just in general, that's like, yeah. that's always a critique. I, yeah. I mean, we can say soggy. Yeah we, yeah, we don't often say don't like, like either side of that, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm so glad this is very wet. Like, right? I don't know. Yeah. I've ordered burritos wet on more than one occasion. Mm-hmm. And was it wet enough? Yeah, it's great. They pour mole over the top. Mm. I think, I think so. Here's the thing. A wet burrito, I think, is maybe like number nine on my list. It's oh, all never got man. there. Oh, Power would, ranking oh, keeps oh. growing. I don't know. I think it's an offshoot of a burrito, so it's more like I'm in the mood for a burrito, and then they ask you to they upsell you at wet, and then you have to decide. No, no, no. So here's this: this is this is like this is the worst. It's like I want a burrito, but it's like, well, do you want to not be able to move or use your hands in a way you usually would for a burrito? It's just a fork and knife. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes, if you get extra mole. No, it's like it's like it's like it's like. Hey, I know you have like a cell phone, but how about a landline where you just stay here forever? <laughs> I think we need to go to get Mexican food like ten times so I can understand you. <laughs> wet burrito, wet burrito. When you're in the mood for a wet burrito, a wet burrito is the only thing you want. I put a wet burrito above tortas on my. Power oh yeah. Yeah, because oh, yeah. honestly, I've had way more dry tortas than I've had like really successful tortas, which is unfortunate. And Ooh. it's my my own path in life. Have you ever had pombasos? That's like that's like that is the wet burrito of the torta, where it's like it's I, like. See, and I don't like wet bread, so I would never go that direction. <laughs> Tanya, I just want... you are so right. <laughs> <laughs> wet bread is the worst. This French is bean soup. This it's is a such a confusing thing for me. Oh no! Uh, All right, now I got scots and wet bread, bread bowls, bread. No, the bowls. No, no I will not. I will not. French dip no. subs. I mean, uh, yes. 
No, Difficult. the absolute worst. Okay. Oh, the friendship, so like a choke <laughs> friendship. You bite in and it's like you ate a water balloon. Oh. oh. I here's I don't actually don't mind. Welcome back to pack your mics. The show about Tom Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just to wrap up on this quick fire. Um, Marilyn liked almost everything. She enjoyed uh, the taste of Eliza's. She enjoyed the port wine from John. She enjoyed the tastiness of Sheldon and the combination of tastes from Josie. But in the top, um, she picked uh, Brooke, Stefan, and Josh, um, who she thought uh, they all did very well, um, although she thought uh, Stefan lacked imagination in marrying the same woman a second time. Yeah. Also, like, I don't think you can count your ex-wife as part of your heritage. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is I don't think that counts. Yeah, you got to give that back. So the challenge was... Wait, is this kind of like uh, Big Lebowski, right? Yes, the character who's wrong in Big Lebowski? Uh, That is not my reading of that character. I would say most of the... He's the one who pulls a gun in the bowling alley. He's a crazy person. Uh, I think it turns out in the the end... (laughs) <laughs> agree or disagree it's I'm all not, about okay, so I'm not saying if, if Stefan confer- converted um, in order to uh, as part of that relationship I'm not saying he has to convert back I'm not saying we, he can no longer be Jewish but I don't think he can say my mother-in-law's latkes are my cultural heritage even if you're married I feel like mother-in-law yeah. isn't quite what they were asking about I think no. uh, well so uh, again you know I know like Stefan maybe has, has a long con to it, but like if you're going to be on Top Chef, they usually do like like it when you have some kind of like you know personal ethnic connection. So if you had the angle, you just I'd really would try and to like soak up all the things I could legitimately try to claim uh, and make sure I could still get those like a like a bull. Yeah, I am the soggy bread. Give me all the cultures and appropriation. Uh, I agree. That was a little bit annoying. I I like appropriation about as much as I like soggy bread. If he was going um, to co- cook his heritage, he should cook lots of like hooves and thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> wow! As a um, toe man, I cook this cow hoof. It's part of my culture. Oh, wow! No. Oh, I, I, I think that counts as bullying. I think this is a hostile work environment. Yeah. I think if you're anything like Josh, you're going to convert and you're going to love Stefan by the end. Um, the, he, like Josh. Well, so, so Brooke won. Yeah, so Brooke nice. for the homie. So nice. She yeah. Yeah, she made a apple pie with cheddar cheese in the crust, um, or technically an apple crostata. Um, and Padma said it was homie, and Brooke got really worried that that wasn't a compliment. Well, also Although, the way Padma said it was homie was not exactly like a glowing moment. No, but Marilyn loves homie. You got, I mean, like you got to know you're appealing to Marilyn when you go pie and, and cheese. But Padma's going to like it too, so it worked. Yeah, Marilyn, like, this feels like a whole home inside the mouth. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, also, the 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 no knife thing did not end up mattering a whole lot. My favorite part was Brooke took a pair of scissors and broke it into two knives, which is pretty yes. rad. Yes. Yeah, that was solid. Don't go against Brooke in a battle royale or like prison situation. I think she's very resourceful. No, she'd be very shank heavy. Um so uh, Brooke wins uh, immunity, and also it, I think this. So there's a, there's there's issues with this episode, but this is Brooke's breakout episode, and also I think sort of the turning point in at like for the first five episodes, we don't know who's good. We have not seen. We saw 
Kish had brilliant moment with the onion rings and then the whole team fell apart. But today was where we realized like, Oh, this is the Brooke and Kristen season. Yes. And, and Sheldon. And Sheldon. Sheldon. Yeah. I mean, really I mean, the finals were uh, the final on the elimination. The tops were Brooke, Sheldon, Kristen, and John. And if you get rid of John, what a happy time. So I think John's um, actually good. He, he's a dick, but he's a good he hasn't cooked sure. bad food except for totally. in last week's awful challenge. Yeah. Except for when everyone when everybody did. cooked bad food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's Josh, who's been in the, he said the most tops for quick fires and the most bottoms for eliminations at this point, um, which is interesting, but so getting into the elimination challenge. Uh, so Marilyn is sent back to grand forks and is replaced by celebrity couple, uh, Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt, um, Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris. I'm so sorry, Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt, one of whom is pregnant and, um, they are from Seattle. And so they're going to have a homecoming party. They're actually at- not. What? <laughs> okay, so this is uh, this is if you're from the area, yes. I'm looking at you, Sammamish Sarah. Um, you might say to a national audience, "I'm from Seattle," but if you grew up in the city of Seattle and someone is like Anna Ferris from Edmonds, mm-hmm. uh, Tanya will say she's not from Seattle. She's from the Seattle area. Well, I just I just feel like the places that you're actually from have names as well, and you could just say those names, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's just. Would, a, Sarah, would maybe this is from you? Do, do you do that a lot? Do you say you're from the Seattle area because it's easier? Yes, I do. If people don't know the area, and if they know the area, then I will tell them uh, Sammamish. And usually, they don't <laughs> even know Sammamish. But oh, no, okay. it's because it's fresh and new. It's a new little upstart baby city <laughs> making oh. it out of here. I would Chris, do the do you- same thing uh, in that, like, I would never claim to be from San Francisco. I would be from, you know, I'm from the Bay Area, like, but like, it's, it's a specific thing you have to kind of earn to be from San Francisco, in, in my opinion. Right. And you wouldn't so really try you that. You don't want stolen valor, but you also don't want to explain something to a, a dumb dumb from the East Coast. Yeah, I might say around, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or north of. Uh, but yeah, like it, 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 nice it, San Francisco has a whole area name that is widely recognized. Um, Seattle does not true. have like a lake area. Yeah, it's not. A, I mean, I think Seattle area is completely appropriate. I think I'm just being petty because so much of this season is about things that are like nominally near sure. Seattle, yeah. just being passed off as Seattle in, you know, the instance of this entire location, which is in Tacoma, which is a completely yeah. oh, different I, I, city. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, it's, it actually isn't. It is in the city. So this was at Garden and Glass, which is part of the Seattle Center. It's not at the museum. Are you sure? I am. Where? I Googled in 2012. In 2012? Yeah. Yes, that's what we... That's uh, Where is this? It's really close I, to Pike Place, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, no, no. It's by, like, the it's by like the Science Center. It's by the Space Needle. It's, it's really small. Needle, yeah. They made it look big in the... the yeah, yeah okay, because it looked like the big museum. It looks yeah. a lot it's, like the... The thing that you saw, the space they were cooking, is the whole of it. It's just, like, a little garden between the Space Needle and the Children's Museum. But it's next to an entire, like, enclosed space that also has a bunch of Shahuli in it? Yeah, it's right at the base of the Space Needle. It, it is yeah, I remember looking Seattle, down. It looks... But the other thing is, is, like, it's not wrong to take offense at that still because the main epicenter of all the glass art is Tacoma, which they didn't mention at all. And they didn't say yeah. anything about Shahuli or why it's important to the Northwest. Yeah, that's no, also was- true. Well, I yeah, mean, Shahuli is also like not a very nice man, so maybe they no, just don't want to go there. <laughs> I guess that's uh, good. We don't need to get into art. This art dude is insane looking. Oh my god, oh, I have not oh, looked up. Yeah, uh, uh, listeners, do yourself a favor and Google Dale Shahuli. He looks he like Matt Moody, a troll with who who got in a fight with a pirate. Oh. Or, uh, 
I would feel so. This would feel like technically bullying if you hadn't already told me he's a bad dude. I can't believe I haven't. Kyle's face. I can't believe I've never shown <laughs> him what Charlie looks like before. <laughs> I I feel like you got too hard with a glass blower and like popped out an eye. No, yeah, I mean he's, this is he is absolutely. He just has Mad Eye Moody polyjuice potion in him yeah. all twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah he's the inspiration does, for Mad Eye Moody. He really does look like Mad Eye Moody. <laughs> I guess also he doesn't look that dissimilar. Like he's sort of like an alt universe like Tom Douglas. Like there's sort of like a there's a thing oh. that is happening to these Northwest men, and I don't know that it's good, but it certainly is happening. Um, um, yeah, there's, there's this a little walkway, and then there's something called the Glass House that is like just a little promenade that also has sculptures inside of it. But um, it is technically in Seattle, but it is a, 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 the Chihuly Museum in Tacoma if, if, is also very nice. So and if, more of a famous epicenter of Chihuly's work, which is why my confusion happened. Also, just the fact that I don't live in Seattle and haven't for quite some time. It's probably well, this, part the of the problem. We, we looked this up is because I wanted to complain about it being in Tacoma, and then I thought I should probably double check just so that I don't embarrass myself because I wasn't. I didn't think it was called Garden and Glass, and so I wanted to be sure of it. Um, well, and I remember saying to Chris that like I because I remember being corrected about this in the past too. I was like, I think I learned that this was in the Seattle Center, and then I saw it again, and I was like, Where is this in the Seattle Center? And so I just decided for the second time that this is in Tacoma, but it's not. Well, so they're cooking cool? for Anna and Chris in this little garden um, at night in what is, um, after the last challenge, we assume a classic Seattle Christmas garden party. Um, yeah. Beautiful awesome. weather. Actually, nice. Seattle. They've done so many fake holidays on this season already. <laughs> I know, but just the switch from that to like sundresses in a garden is very funny. Um it's also but weird, we also- like, have you ever had a party with your family where you're like, I just want to come home, invite all my friends to a nine-course standing dinner where you're <laughs> eating nine entrees and walking around getting blasted because there's an open bar? Of Red Hook? I mean, I yeah, haven't. That's, that's, that's always going to go great when family's there, right? Uh, I, 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 nothing. Or, there's nothing organic about this gathering. Like at right. least uh, the Halloween challenge in New Orleans had the excuse of it's a Halloween party hosted by a Glee cast member. Yeah, a classic yeah. excuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it, but the important thing for me right now, at least emotionally, from coming off last week, is that the chefs cook good food. Um, yes. Which is very important because I think one of the cha- part of the challenge was that if you do not do a great job, the couple, the marriage will not last. So well, no, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Um, I didn't know that, and so I thought they were so cute last time, and this time I was just like watching for microaggressions. Oh my God, any- it, it made me so sad. I was so sad watching that. Well, this is also yeah. like five years before they broke up too, because yeah. they didn't break up until after our wedding because we saw them on our way home from our honeymoon. We were on the same flight oh. as them. Oh, nice. Um, guess, did they, did they yeah. show any signs of being about to break up? No, I mean, they like this was after Chris Pratt got all buff and stuff, um, but yeah, they were really cool. nice. Yeah. yeah. This know. was pre Marvel Chris Pratt on this episode, which I also appreciated back when he was just kind of like a doofus. Yeah. He was fun. He was a fun guest on this. It's one of those things, like the main thing that I think of when I think of them is that every time I hear Anna Ferris interviewed, people go on and on about what like an incredible comedian she is, like a comedic actress, basically, like that right. she's like super funny, has incredible timing, is like just like an incredibly funny individual. And watching her laugh 
at all of Chris Pratt's rapid fire, seemingly endless jokes, which were like pretty good jokes, but still like the amount that she just has to go. <laughs> oh, honey. Like, was exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, not going to public be Chris Pratt is like funny, but also like kind of a lot. And oh, yeah. like yeah. it just like party mode Pratt was like something that I was like, wow, if I were extremely pregnant and in heels in a <laughs> garden for hours on end, having to constantly laugh at these jokes, I might not love it. Yeah. I, yeah. I my hope is that this is a like those are like really the, the only three moments like that really, you know, stretched out over like multiple hours that it really right. wasn't like, it, you know, hopefully it's just like, it, you know, condensed into it to make it seem a little more intense for us, but like would actually be like fairly enjoyable and like more of a give and take throughout the, t- you know, with the two of them of yeah. like both having like yeah. good riffs. Uh, that's, yeah. that's the dream. Or maybe like speaking like a person to their family at some point. Yeah. Um, you know, not being on all the time. I did like the Chris Pratt's mom almost broke a, a stat, a, a Chihuly sculpture. Oh, actually I did like that moment where like, uh, we had like 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 actually having that uh, that like that anecdote happen twice. I thought that was kind of a fun way to do it. That was a good like Rashomonish uh, type uh, thing. <laughs> Where like we got like the one version of it, and then we have it like, retold again. Um, yeah, we, with like the the preview and then the full version. No, no, because like was it like I think he heard it straight from her first. And then he oh, retold it to Anna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was very sweet because that's very much you're like, oh, I got to go find my person at this party and tell them this weird yeah. thing that happened. That was like the most heartwarming part of it for me. And then I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but despite um, despite not knowing anything about the shopping or prep time for this, we didn't get a lot of backstory. And despite them being entirely on season. Like, yeah, everyone I found would... elk somewhere. Like elk and boar. Yeah, where some, Whole Foods, yeah, Whole Foods was, was Whole having food. a run on elk and boar. I wonder if this was um, maybe this year they got to do a lot of uh, call-in orders or something. I thought uh, you were going to say hunting. Day. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, going to say, yeah, the elk are just roaming uh, you know, uh, just the downtown area. and it's near all what, Get what you Nature want. Nature is healing. Um, no, the... Uh, uh, yeah, we don't... They're, they're, they seem to be emitting the shopping on purpose a lot, but... We don't see that. We also know that they're cooking almost exclusively on um, induction burners outside, which can be weird. But despite all of that, they do a very good job. Everything turns out well. Even the bottom four, Tom kept saying, not bad dishes. So that's really nice. Um, At the top were Brooke, Sheldon, Kristen, and John. um, And with Brooke's lamb-stuffed squid, which I assume means lamb is in the squid, not the squid is in a lamb. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Does the order matter? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. The order order definitely matters there. Great. And yes. Uh, um, this dish also makes a lot more sense after seeing her dish from Michael's Santa Monica, where it's a oh. cuttlefish wrapped in prosci- what, prosciutto. Yeah, she likes yeah. to combine those things. Surf and turf brook. There's um there's a squid stuffed dish that I uh, learned how to make when I was in Malaysia. That's like uh, basically you just like you cram it with rice. But the problem, I guess, with rice as opposed to like say like lamb, maybe uh, that expands. So you get a lot of exploding squid if you're not careful. Oh no! <laughs> this doesn't seem like enough rice. Oh, it was enough rice. <laughs> a squid does seem like a pepper, where it's like nature evolved this to be stuffed nature's pocket <laughs> yeah it comes with a, a right pocket <laughs> oh yeah can you get a turducken but like squid and peppers and then like guess whatever the other thing is that's one one yeah ah listeners yeah. don't google that no I, I, yeah so it's a ped uh, uh, uh it's a it's a, a, a jalapeno okay so cream cheese stuffed in a jalapeno stuffed into a squid stuffed in a bigger pepper 
This is gross. There are Cthulhu turduckens. They're gross. Please don't. Another thing you can Google if you don't like yourself today. <laughs> um, Tom was especially liked Brooks Squid and said that it showed balls, and he likes balls. So that was good. He was very pleased with that. Um, uh, Tom yeah. really likes when you have a immunity and you go you go lamb to the squid. You don't just just stay home and phone it in. Um, so Brooke goes, completes the double win and gets a Prius. Well, a Prius C. Prius um, C. They talk about how that was spacious. We look, Prius C's, yeah, oh my God, there's no trunk space. Yeah. No. It's a little bit, no, but it does not exist anymore. It's the the now canceled Prius C. Oh, wow. So many things, that, you know, did it last longer than, than Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt or no? <laughs> it did, yeah. I think it, it, the 2019 was the last one. Um, well, what happened was they took the Prius, they split it into three, and then they were like, in 2019, they were like, what if there were 12 Priuses? So it's just getting more and more weird oh, names. Right. And stuff. But yeah, there's a lot of Priuses now. Mm. Um, um, <laughs> but also on the top, uh, Sheldon's uh, braced pork belly, showing that pork is possible to do on this season. And also some rice congee, which we didn't get to hear nearly enough yeah, about. with but... ramen broth. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then uh, uh, Kristen made this... Um, uh, tortellini, tortelloni with um, uh, cheese and apricots, and everyone thought it couldn't be done. Everyone was so upset about the apricots, and then she was like, "I don't know, dried fruit and cheese." And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, good point, good point." We yeah, she, Kristen, had some very intellectual food today. Yeah, which I mean, sounds we're going to say a lot this season, but yeah, yeah, it was very like, oh, I thought this through. I I have architected this, and uh, you know, it's better than you'd expect. Doesn't Trader Joe's have a cheese with dried apricot yes. in it already? Like it's this so is not good. That... It's Stilton with apricots. In oh, it. oh yeah, yeah. That? I have eaten oh. a whole block of that before. <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> is this? Is this like a, a slow and say wins the race, where it's just like like one bite, like you know, every like you know uh, half hour, or is it like just a like you're, you know, she she turns the lights off and stands in the corner, <laughs> <laughs> can't talk, eating cheese, um, and then John also rounds out the top with his uh, seafood chowder with cockles, and uh, which he stole from Rick Rick Moonen, who great news was also judging and um, thought that, that it was, was a crazy thing. I mean, like, you know, I I realize that they bring on yeah. esteemed judges and ones even sometimes intentionally that some of the contestants have worked with. But the timing on that was just amazing where he's like, yeah. I'm going to do this chatter that Rick Moonen taught me how to do. And then like, enter Rick Moonen. <laughs> and, and then, uh, yeah, he uh, he you say his name three times and he appears. Yeah, I think he just he summoned him with it. You know, if a good enough chowder happens, he just summoned him. It's a... Just is somebody giving somebody a hug from the ocean. <laughs> that was his description for the cockles, which I thought was a little gross. Um, and then in the bottom, Eliza's ribeye, uh, elk ribeye, Mike's yeah. uh, braised pork ribs, and Danielle's wild pork chops, and Josh's <laughs> pork shoulder. Um, thanks, Chris. Um, so I, know, I liked it. <laughs> I know, I know. That was a genuine thank you because no one else went hot at my pork chop, which I was so proud of. I thought that was um, a technical term. I thought you were saying something academic, and I didn't want to laugh at your intelligence. I appreciate that. Um, but no, it's just uh, it a pork chop made out of boar. So I called it that. Uh, anyway, there, there were like it. It seems like they said they really liked game, and then both of the games ended up in the bottom, or two of the three games because there was also yeah. the. Um, there was is, I kind of know this. It's like where I, I might say that like I like a dirty martini because it's like a cool thing to order, 
Bye, I don't. <laughs> Which, you don't like it dirty or you don't like a martini at all? I mean, definitely not dirty. Huh. Not really martinis either. Wow. Yeah. This is such a confusing thing. No, I think, why I think order it? There are there are there are more delicious drinks. Well, yeah, but it's but, like if you say you like a dirty martini, and then someone makes you a dirty martini badly. That's more like what happened here. Right. Yeah. Like, if you're like, like, what I really wanted was cosmopolitan, or like, <laughs> you know, I wanted a sprite. <laughs> <laughs> the specific problem was that I with Eliza and Danielle was they both were trying to they they got game. And tried to well, they had they got game, but then they tried they to didn't have game though. Do it exactly like the non-gamey version. Yes. So Danielle tried to do the board just like pork shops, and Eliza tried mm. to do the egg just like a ribeye, and they didn't quite work that way. Which is a common theme on Top Chef, where they're like, "It's an ostrich egg. We'll just make a big ass omelet," and that's not how it works. It tastes different. Yeah, uh, different things are different. Exactly. That this was also suffered happened. from. There was a moment at judges' table with Eliza's elk situation where she described it being too chewy, and right. everyone made this face like, "Well, actually, I wonder. I mean, elk is supposed to have a certain kind of lateral chew. Right. Like, I just felt like there was like something about elk consistency that everyone knew that she like decided was bad, but actually was should have been intentionally how it was. Which and I was a, like, I don't know enough about game for any of this. No, but she does. I mean, she, yeah, she or at least wild she mountain Colorado. Colorado. She said she has a lot of experience with game. But she also sliced it bad, according to Tom. Well, she's uh, she didn't think the product was good, I think. Yeah. She was trying to correct well, for it. Oh. And most importantly, she underseasoned it. Like Tom thought, like the chewiness, it seemed like they might have been willing to forgive if she had salted it. But everyone. Also, the carrots before. were bad. Yeah, and the, the carrots, carrots yeah, were super really bad. Yeah, they were still confused by those carrots. They were, they were overdone and burned on the outside. They were yeah. underdone on the inside and under-seasoned. Honestly, so. she should get credit for doing something that defies physics like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Impressively bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, I feel like Josh um, should have gotten uh, more credit for making plenty of his terrible food. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Chris uh, he got been... Chris Pratt credit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, it's not good, but there's a lot of it. That does make up for me. That That's the Olive Garden. Yeah. That, <laughs> that is absolutely their slogan. Yeah. Oh, man. On a personal that. note. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. About, we, didn't, we never did talk about Olive Garden. Okay. That's okay. It's not in Seattle. No. Yeah, know, we don't, we gonna, don't need to, right? No, we do. We have to. We were going to. Everyone was so excited to talk about this, and then we didn't, and now no one wants to talk about it anymore. I, I had it once uh, when I was. Uh, when Sarah and I were living in Davis, and there's like kind of nearby. Uh, and it was like a drive for it. And I think one of the things I liked uh, at the time was that they had a deal where you could just get the same dish that you ordered to go as well, like an, a yeah. whole extra yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate that at the time. Yeah, there's, it, It's a weird business model. Yeah. They just gave you another dinner. I, I can go. Oh, no. Just, I mean, I can only assume that somehow they, they like they make money somehow the more of it they give away. I don't know like what, like maybe it's just like, it's a, it's a level of volume that you, it breaks. Like it's like a non Newtonian volume kind of like, a, like, like economics. They're like laundering pasta. Yeah. <laughs> like they need to get the pasta out of the country and this is the cheapest way to do it. It's <laughs> sort of a strike a Nona situation. <laughs> <laughs> Have you only been to Olive Garden once? I'm pretty sure. Like, Maybe and twice. Only yeah. been once. I think. I, I think. don't think I've ever been. Oh, I've oh. been multiple times, and I know Alex uh, introduced me to the five dollar uh, unlimited soup and breadsticks. Probably uh, deal. more than any other restaurant, at least until I was like twenty five. For my like, 
I, in my teen years, my, my, my good friends and I would go to Olive Garden a couple times a week for lunch. Because it's, yeah, $5 for soup, salad, breadstick, unlimited. And we were gross, so we would compete for who can eat the most bowls of soup. Um, but they had a vegetarian soup and salad and breadsticks for five bucks. And so we just pack in and just eat as a huge, disgusting amount of food and then have like a $15 tab and tip generously 25%. And then uh, uh, you'd be like, it was so fun. It was a great time. I really liked the Olive Garden. It's not good, but it is satisfyingly. But there is a lot of it. <laughs> a lot of it, yeah. yeah. It was perfect. It's not and it was good, expensive. but they're family. <laughs> <laughs> Olive Garden was like the fancy restaurant that I went to, that we went to as a family <gasps> when I was growing up. We, we, just, we, just like Marilyn. We went after the Nutcracker. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it was the Christmas tradition. That's such a treat. I have not been to a lot of fast food establishments. Well, that's not fast food. Well, fast casual. Like I guess, like chain chain dining. I don't know how to refer to it. I would say chain dining. Yeah, it's like like an Applebee's or TGI Friday. It's a big blind spot in my experience of America. Oh no, you're fine. (laughs) Which I say as though I wasn't born here, (laughs) but it just was something that I just we just didn't do a lot of. So I've I've missed out for the best. I I think if you you know when I was growing up, did not have a lot of other options uh, besides chain dining. Yeah. Yeah, whereas a lot of these things just took a while to come to Washington. Right. Um, I think that's a large part of it too, because like I missed out on a lot of a lot of things. I think I've been to a TGI Fridays once. <laughs> like they just weren't really around. I think it's really I remember regional. When the, the PF yeah, Chang's opened in Port or in Reno. The PF Chang's opened in Reno, and there were it was like that was the ticket. You couldn't get a reservation at PF Chang's for six months. They were just booked out, lines around the block. That for a new fancy chain restaurant. Yeah, so when Pif Chang's opened in Salt Lake. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You've only been once, Tanya. Only once. Yeah. Totally. Sometimes, Tanya. I, I mean, like you're probably fine with most of these things, but you should see America. I think you <laughs> like it. <laughs> what experience that? <laughs> I was the mean one about Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt. Like, what makes you think that me going to PF Chang's is going to be incredible? But what happened in Salt Lake, Megan? Yeah, sorry. Oh, it was. Um, I I heard that it was very good but very expensive. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was that was kind of the. It certainly is overpriced for what you get. You know, yeah. It yeah. may PF may be overpriced for what you get now, but in its heyday, it was the primo of fast casual uh, was dining. Carla yeah. was a I, server I, I there for a long time. We should call it Ooh. something else because fast casual. I think just casual dining. I don't think I it's think fast. You just mean you mean crap sit down. I think that's what. It is. Rude. I do not mean that. <laughs> don't wanna, no, no aspersions need to be cast here. Um, I think I, I was saying fast food because that extends to fast food for me. Like there's yeah, a lot yeah, of fast yeah. food I haven't eaten too. So I just think of like all the places that I never went. Like oh. This is like a huge category. I feel like fast casual for me, the definition in my mind, the working definition is, is it a, is it a thing like Chipotle where you walk down a line yeah, and you true. tell them what you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think and if you true. sit down and there's a table and a, and a, a server, you know, that that's not fast casual if somebody comes and sits at your table and introduces themselves you're right yeah okay this is casual slow casual casual is the right answer yeah um so uh we said brooke wins gets the car eliza is eliminated for the bland elk um and uh josh is told to never say he makes pork ever again 
Um, that we was should sad. highlight that amazing Padma burn. It was incredible. <laughs> well, let's, yeah. In fact, we should do that with our uh, a very brief villain contest update. So not a lot of movement on the villain charts this week. We saw very little of Josie um, and uh, Stefan was repeatedly liked by Josh. Uh, well, I think not- that is development on the villain contest because Josh and Stefan are forming a sort of uh, Batman Forever-esque yeah, like Riddler Two-Face alliance. Yes, that's true. There's, there's a villain alliance where Wario Waluigi type of situation. <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, and also, I, I think it is also worth noting that Stefan had multiple like charming interactions with Kristen. And I know that Kristen brings most of the charm to that charm She's time, doing the heavy but- but but at the same time, I do, you know, I, I am always like sort of like huh? about people who uh, are able to get on with people I really like. I yeah, think so. that's just because Stefan and Kristen are both Slytherins. Oh, gosh, what a true statement. Like they, they share a lot more in common, even though Kristen is uh, uh, good. One of the good ones. Chris She's is the one evil. person in the Slytherin Wait. house who's like, should we not resurrect the devil? It's not Chris. I thought Chris was a straight Ravenclaw, no? Uh, Ravenclaw. This is a whole spinoff app. <laughs> yeah, She's on know. a Yeah, actually, we should. <laughs> this is. We should sorting hat every season of <laughs> Sheldon <laughs> is a puff and yeah. Bradley. <laughs> He's definitely a puff. That's fair. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's the major update there. Um, what else was I gonna? Oh, you yeah. know, I, I was oh, disappointed it was, it was that Josh Byrne. So the the Padma Josh oh, yeah. Byrne. So yeah, um, this is the second week in a row he's been on the bottom for making pork, which he says all the time is his favorite thing or his best thing. And he says, "I guess I should stop making pork." And Padma says, "Or just stop saying it." Mm-hmm. Which is pretty pretty harsh. I liked that. And yeah. it a lot. Um, it says a lot about how Josh talks about Josh. I love this idea as like a high stakes kind of uh, thing. Once you enter like Top Chef competition, like if you mess up any of your core like uh, competencies, you just oh. like you lose it forever. Yeah, his like, pork restaurant is closed. Yeah, you can no longer. Yeah, you just you, no 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 more. Truly pork. at stake for the con- contestants this week. High is stakes. Their, their actual restaurant specialties. Um, your your pork restaurant's in Olive Garden now. Um, <laughs> Uh, also, maybe this is a very small part entrance into the villain update, but Eliza, um, when she's eliminated, says she's not going to shake the judge's hands because she's sick. But then Uh-oh. she face-to-face hugs every remaining chef. I yeah. was very triggered by that. Did <laughs> not end, <laughs> it does not age well. That's not an accident. Yeah, she did that. This is intentional sabotage. Yeah, man. I, I, I think this was, she was intentionally trying to give everybody the top chef flu. No. I, I I mean I, I in 2020 it, it looks bad I I don't know I mean like you were already in the glad rage pantry with those folks you know for <laughs> but, so long Alex the thing you have to remember is we've only had germ theory for like top six months right no one had any idea how things were spread before this <laughs> it's hand to hand contact right <laughs> um, only hand to hand it's not front to front I do want to throw in one uh, quick. opinion from the mailbag uh which is actually on facebook just says uh love this challenge it was so much better than the shit show last week uh you see good food when the chefs are given challenges that let them spread their wings not limit them to weird parameters and ingredients totally agree um the only modification i will say to that is that you spelled shit sh asterisk t as discussed previously you are allowed to fully swear in the mailbag you just have to feel bad about it yeah you just have to feel guilty you don't even have to feel bad about it (laughs) 
<laughs> That's an option. But if you thought you were tricking me into not knowing what word that was, you were wrong. I figured it out. So you think you think maybe it was a maybe it was like a a, a sheet show or, or a <laughs> shot show. Asterisks. Yeah, um, there it is. Um, so it's a shot show. It's a shot show. It's a real <laughs> shot show, y'all. Open shot show. Somehow um, that sounds worse. <laughs> yeah, that does. There's something kind of more weird i don't know risky risky about a shut show <laughs> i feel like we're pretty much established on this already but let's just say it for the record from tall to trenta how seattle was this week's episode i guess a grande maybe for me because it was nice to have a nod to some like a, a very famous local artist even if they didn't mm-hmm. get into anything about it um and you and know, in the, yeah go well i just the Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt, like the Northwest does sort of claim them, um, if not necessarily yeah. Seattle proper. So I, I'd say a grande. And the food. I like, like finding out that celebrities are from the Pacific Northwest. So that is enjoyable. Yeah, I've got a hometown heroes thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like them, Joe McHale, Rain Wilson. Did, yeah. So McHale. Says, uh, Chris Pratt grew up in Lake Stevens. Where, where is that, y'all? Is that a- uh, it is southeast of the metro area. It's sort of out a bit in the in the foothills of That's the Cascades. Why he no likes hunting? <laughs> I would yeah. Uh, yeah. and eating squirrel bits. <laughs> yeah, was that his brother who mostly ate the squirrel bits? Yeah, that seemed oh, they, like they both ate the squirrel. No, so him and his his uh, brother in law, right? It was Anna's. I thought it was like a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were just they ate the squirrel, squirrel heart. Yeah, yeah, squirrel heart. Yeah, squirrel heart friends. Yeah, it sounds cuter than it is. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, that, it does sound cute unless you think about it too much. Um, so okay, we'll give it a grande. That's not terrible, um, considering that first part. And then to wrap things up, we just need to talk about Last Chance Kitchen. Um, so the uh, uh, Big Siege and Tyler are no longer on the same team. Coach Tyler is working against him, and also warm sushi eliza comes in and they are given just the things they most recently messed up carrots and pickles um which apparently siege has been cooking a million pickle dishes since he was eliminated so he's just in that loser house in the suburbs just cranking out roasted picks i don't know that's a weird that's a yeah. weird time over but there. picks or didn't yeah. happen yeah <laughs> He's got some like Daniel Day Lewis like method actor energy yes, that I does. don't like. It's intense. I'm not crazy about it. He's a hungry boy. <laughs> <laughs> but I did like that the that they had crumpets in the pantry. I thought that was very funny. So which whoever the uh, shopping PA is for the Last Chance Kitchen series should get a, a raise for that idea. It was very funny. Yeah, between that and all the boar they're bringing in. <laughs> yeah, they get a lot of boar. Um, uh, everybody does fine, but Big Siege uh, pulls out the win with his trout, carrot puree, and roasted pickles, uh, and begins what we all know to be the season of Siege domination. Yeah. Uh, where Siege to Last Chance Kitchen. So, uh, that is happening. Anything else exciting from Last Chance Kitchen you want to talk about? Uh, I really love the optimism of Tyler saying, like, I really just thought Tom was going to give us an open kitchen and say, show me what you got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tyler's not a big like connoisseur of the show, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think he knew what he was auditioning for. I mean, I'm glad he's doing okay, but yeah, that was like I don't I don't know. Yeah, you have all day, Tyler. Cook me whatever you want. It's just not how the show works. 
Um, <laughs> or maybe if it was just like last chapter was going on, but uh, Tyler thought he had like a really open ended challenge, so he's like spending weeks like planning the perfect meal, and he shows up in the last <laughs> episode. He's like, "Tom, I cook for you my masterpiece. <laughs> it's a forty eight yeah. day ribeye. It's so." <laughs> Uh, and instead, he's going to be just a coach on the bench. So he's moving over to the rather sad stool area. This, uh, especially with Carla not looking like she wants to be involved anymore. Um, I never thought we were seeing a softer side of Carla. I didn't realize it was a more oh, miserable side of Carla. I thought she just looks like she didn't realize she'd signed a contract to stay on a stool for six weeks. Um, I thought she seemed unhappy, but um i could be wrong yeah i get last thought okay so last thought for the day the last words for this episode before we go is also from the mailbag um aunt cms on twitter asks the panel have you ever had a dream you were on top chef i dreamed last night that i was on i was in the semifinals. no idea how i got there i made butter noodles because the judges like pasta i dedicated to my sister quote because she also likes butter noodles it's a great story right there. <laughs> that's such a good family dish. My sister likes butter noodles. I that's such <laughs> my sister also likes butter noodles. Does anyone not like butter noodles? Butter noodles are so good. I I'm sure somebody does. Maybe Tom doesn't. That would be weird. But I love the idea of a of your dream is that you're in the top, you're in top chef finals, and you just produce a really delicious thing that you and your sister eat. Uh, oh, I haven't had fun. a dream about being on Top Chef, but just this week I had a dream about recording this podcast where I burnt Josh really good, but I couldn't remember <laughs> what the burn was. Oh, no. <laughs> That's funny. And you should definitely talk to the therapist about that. <laughs> I have not. It's weird. I have stress dreams about pretty much everything, and I have not had one about Top Chef, surprisingly. This was um, a good dream. This wasn't stress. Yeah. Um, let me, well, let me pull up my dream diary really quick just to make sure. Um, is this real? It's a, well, it's a nightmare say, journal. What's happening? Nope. <laughs> just, Megan, can, it's, it's right here in my notes. Uh, nightmare journal. Um, God, wait, is it a dream journal or a nightmare journal? Just a nightmare journal. Um, I don't have non-nightmare dreams. Um, and it's it's a document like you can search it? Well, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I type them up so that I ha- I like to type them on my phone. But yeah, no, no Top Chef nightmares in I here. I thought you were like anti dream talk, like for a while. You're just saying how boring it was anytime someone tells you about their dreams. Is that has it? Have you shifted your dream stance? No, I my theory is and has always been that no one wants to hear about your dreams. But if if you offer to talk about your nightmares, people are into it. Wow, I, I would say I I took that feedback so seriously that even now when. I am describing a dream to Chris, who has agreed to love me forever. <laughs> I rush through it and apologize at the end because I feel so sure that he's hating every second of what's coming out of my face. That's from me, you think? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Sure. Yeah. As is like, yeah, me too. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and I do think there is, it's sort of the thing of like, no impact you know, on well, no, I think it's it's that, and it's that same thing where it was like culturally hot to be afraid of clowns for like ten years. Like it's that yeah. same thing of like you know we also all think Susan works at our office and hate hearing about people's dreams. Like there's just this thing of like it's I, in vogue to be you know to crap on this thing. I so, do think. Oh well, okay. So so now before you said I had influenced you, and now you're saying I was just doing whatever was in vogue. Um, the trend. You, have, you were you were you were an early influencer on that for me. Cultural vanguard. 
I yeah. think I do think people generally have a, a real tough time relating to your dreams because it's an emotional content for you that they are not experiencing. And yeah. uh, so it's just it's a super hard thing to relate to. But I do think that in if you if you ask somebody, would you like to hear about a dream? They are likely if they're honest to say no. But if you ask them if they'd like to hear about a nightmare, they will likely say yes. So that's um, yeah, why I always talk nightmares. Yeah. Did you have any Top Chef nightmares? Nope, I don't. I just looked for it. Just did a quick search. No Top Chef in here. Um, Yeah, I would say, despite this being a show I've faithfully watched for like more than a decade, I also have never had a dream featuring Top Chef in any capacity. um, Oh, I did have a nightmare about a game show that I was on called Impossible to Move, where you were cooking, but your feet were nailed to the ground. Oh. And... (laughs) Oh, wait. Okay. And I did have one that was a, cu- a cooking competition back last year, August 5th. Um, that was a cooking competition at my parents' house and they did not have any ingredients. And so I could not make a sauce. So I'd take it back. I just didn't write Top Chef in here, but I definitely did have a Top Chef nightmare. You should almost edit those year. tag it, you know, parenthetical, so we can search for it again. If this That's comes a up. good point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for your metadata. Yep. Right there. There's the label. Um, yeah, so my parents' uh, poorly stocked uh, uh, competition kitchen definitely came up once. So. Seems like a good quick fire in the future. That and that, the impossible to move one. I think those are both really solid. <laughs> Your feet are nailed. Landline cooking. Yo, pitch it for, for Top Chef Amateurs. Okay. All right. I'll call. I'll call. Uh, what was his name again? I'll call him back. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, mo- oh, I, I don't want to be. I don't want to. Um, spend too much time on this especially now that i feel bad that i've ruined your enjoyment of your own dreams but uh most of my nightmares about are about me doing poorly in a professional setting that's the bulk of them Hmm. and that's why i kept the journal was to see what the through lines were and most of them were like can't get to my gig because my feet don't work it's a lot of that it's a lot of like i was late to this show and i got fired have you tried getting better feet in real life (laughs) (laughs) well no actually so chris i learned how to tie my shoes better because of you what i do remember this I, ha- I had a nightmare that i couldn't get to a gig because i couldn't tie my shoes and you sent me a video of a fast shoe tying method oh yeah and i learned it and now i tie my shoes hella fast so, seconds saved per week yes well that possible crucial shows, uh, the show shows notes. <laughs> oh, okay yeah i will put the fast shoe i want to learn i don't uh, even do it that way <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any other last words on Top Chef or nightmares? I was disappointed with Lizzie's dish more than the bottom dishes. Yeah, oh. she, she mauled the salmon. <laughs> yeah, it was the only salmon dish, and they, you know, yeah. aside from the game, uh, Anna and Chris were like, and, and that beautiful salmon you get here that you can only get here in the Northwest, and Lizzie kind of screwed it up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So like Lizzie, you know, you had the knife to start, but. <laughs> Oof. Well, might, in, might have some limited time left. Was it uh, John took the knife right away and then she had to like ask to get it back on the cookware? Uh, Stefan. Uh, Stefan did and then Josh. It was uh, Josh. Josh well, was. Oh, okay. so uh, Josh, you said, I'm good at sharing when I'm done with it. And I was like, oh. all right, so not but sharing. It wasn't that. your turn. You don't. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I forgot about that. Confused confused about how, that was supposed to, how, how that was supposed to work. It was very confusing to me. I wasn't sure if she had dibs, perma dibs, or what. Yeah, um, I do like Lizzie though. So I'm, I'm. Well, I also started like Eliza last week, and you guys did not like her. So at least her lukewarm sushi is not on the menu anymore. Uh, speaking of lukewarm, I've got a lukewarm take on this season so do far. It. Oh, happy <laughs> takes. 
Hit me. I'm really tired of people cooking bad food. I just, I, I would love a five person elimination next week just so we can get down to like actually seeing yeah. good food made. Um, yeah. I would love I, that too, actually. I, I, I do think that this is kind of the watershed now that we've seen both Brooke and Kristen do well that I think at least the top starts to like the the wheat and the chaff start to separate now, but I could be wrong. That's my memory. Though. Aren't we, we must be cruising tro- toward big R dub, right? Like that must be coming. How many chefs have we got left right now? I think we're like four episodes yeah. away. Yeah. So I think. Oh my gonna... gosh! Really? That yeah. many? Oh. No, we have what? Uh, <laughs> we have eleven oh, chefs. 11, yeah. So well, that's have, like way too many. So I think it's and, and this restaurant wars actually I think is three and three if I remember right. Or four and three. Um, <laughs> it was something because I remember it was like it felt very understaffed and Kristen uh, like tried to do like four dishes or something like it was. <sighs> Oh, yeah. Like sloppy. That doesn't sound good at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's the other. Actually, that's the flip side. So I do think that um, it is getting closer to the goodness, but that also means the Josie show is about to start. Oh, so, uh, yeah. I just don't have any recollection of this like Josie uh, business? Well, at least when we get to Restaurant Wars, which is not till episode eleven. So we actually have several episodes more to go. We just did six. So we have four more, um, but yeah, that's that's when you're going to be really upset. Um, that's oh wait, I guess I'm sort of starting to remember. I won't spoil anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. Uh, well, uh, we appreciate your tepid take, Kyle. And if anybody else has tepid takes at home, please pass them along. Send us your feedback. Uh, the easiest way is mailbag at packyourmics.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, of course, and we also appreciate. All of your Top Chef related nightmares. Keep your dreams to yourself. Um, you don't have to find anymore. us in the dreamscape. <laughs> uh, also, you can check for the Top Chef Amateurs casting link, as well as some other links from we mentioned the show. Will be on our on the show notes this week. Packermics.com. And thank you, everybody, for hanging out. Uh, Chris, if you could do me a quick favor, anything, man. You could just uh, pack your mics and go to the suburbs for a couple of I would really appreciate that. Dang it. A lot of pickles, buddy. There's so many pickles. You're going to be right next to a Costco. So as many pickles as you want. Oh, nice. I'm in. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for being here. Uh, uh, Just as thanks for holding down the fort. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if people listen to us, but uh, like as in like listen to what we say to do. But if you do try reviewing the show, I'm I'm, I'm curious to see if that matters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Or don't. So it like, matters? What's that? To you emotionally? What do you mean? Uh, I don't think it... No, it doesn't or, or matter. Or do you mean the way that every podcast is like? It really yeah. helps people discover the show. It's kind of like, it's like, well, if everyone else is saying do it, like, there's all these free reviews we're not getting. But, you know, I want, I want well, those reviews. What if, what if people don't have nice things to say? Uh, if you have unrelated things to say, that I'm fine with that, too, where it's, like, kind of neutral. You know, where it's just like... Okay. It's just so if you have a neutral or better better review, we would love to hear Tell it. Tell me I mean, about your dreams in the reviews. <laughs> We will okay, take your dreams great. seriously if you add them to reviews on Apple. That is a way I will actually care about your dream is if you, <laughs> yeah, give us your all your five star dream reviews. <laughs> you, if you give us a five star review on the Apple Podcast Store, I will listen to any description of a dream in that review, just as long as it's attached to five stars. That's a good. Now we're bribing people. I like that. I think this is totally in the TOS uh, for Apple, uh, so I think we're good. Yeah. Keep, yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, I think probably the thing that I've learned as a more mature adult is that the power of listening to someone's dream might be helping them and not what it does for you. So yeah, that's a lot of personal growth you've shown. Good job, man. Yeah. 
Um, I'm I'm doing my best over here. Uh, and thanks for joining us, Chris and Tanya. Of course. Definitely. It was great to talk to you guys, even if one of you sounds a little bit older. Aw. Uh, me. I had a birthday. Everybody can also say happy birthday to Chris on our social. And uh, thank you for um, investigating the almost Seattle area, Sarah and Kyle. We really appreciate it. It's our pleasure. I'm going to go touch some glass. I'm going to make someone else write a check. Well, we, uh, we, we'll we be talking to you again from Seattle next week, right? Uh, yes. Great. We look forward to being with everybody next week as season 10 rewatch continues. And what do I say at the end? Bye. I don't know. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> there it is.